Please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Galatians, which is found in the New Testament. After 2 Corinthians, before Ephesians, Thank you so much to Jenny for preaching so well last week. We've been looking at a series for the last four weeks on serving God for the sake of His glory. Serving Him. And so we just looked at different characters, how they actually served God and um, looking at different parts of the scripture. But this morning, I would like us to look at the book of Galatians. And um, the topic that I want to look at is simply this, who cut in you? Who cut in on you in your race that you're running? And when you look at scripture, you'll find out that oftentimes Paul uses certain analogies to bring his point across. And as we're serving God, we start out very eager. We know the course that he set for us, and we start running. And I don't know if you were a runner at school, but I would like to think that I was. Other people never thought I did or was either, but I thought I was a pretty good runner. And so, for the 100-meter races where I grew up in, for the first 50 or 60 meters, man, I outran all of those people. But for the last 40 meters, these short little legs of mine no longer could keep up the pace, and they started to go past. So, normally within our school, and I hope none of my schoolmates are watching, because some of them have, you know, uh, normally I would come third or fourth in the 100 meters. Someone or a few people would always beat me to that line. And uh, they nicknamed me, and this is private, so if you could keep it between you and me, but they nicknamed me Kirikis. Now, I'm very, very glad that some of you who are not South African and who are not Afrikaans would ask the question, well, what does the word Kirikis mean? Well, it kind of means knock knees. Because when I ran, you only saw these knees. And man, I went. And so I had this name called Kirikis. Uh, But they said those legs could move. And of course, the truth of the matter is I grew up and Jenny really married me for my legs. And so, of course, uh, you know, she doesn't know that they called me Kirikis. So you can't define me in that way. But I remember as I ran the 100 meters, normally around third, fourth, that I end. And oftentimes I didn't quite make the podium. It was only for those who came first, second, or third. And I was kind of hurt. I'm still nursing this hurt within my life, that I didn't quite stand on the podium. That's why I like the stage here, Jenny says. God is gracious, he turns things around. And, but when it came to the long distance running, now there, 
Kirikis, as I was affectionately known, when that gun went off, I tell you, I could run the whole day. I could run and I could run almost like Forrest Gump. And, and I loved it because, you know, guys would start off and I had speed for the first 50 meters and I would really go for it. And then the guys would come, but they never knew that I actually had endurance with me. And so I could just run and run and run. And there was a natural fitness there and I just ran and ran and ran. But every now and then in these races, it was an absolute joy to be able to just settle in behind someone. And particularly if it was on the track. And when it is someone who was a threat to you, you know, you would just settle in behind him in the inside lane. And just as you get onto their shoulder, you just tap their little back foot. And it was an absolute joy to see them stumble and fall. And then you just, come on, I'm not the only one who did that. Surely. And I remember that some people got up and they would finish the race even though they stumbled. But some were so embarrassed that they wouldn't get up. They would just opt out of the race. And there is a resilience that God places within us that when we do stumble, even though someone would tap our foot, we would get up and we would run the race again. And we see here in the book of Galatians, and we're going to be looking at Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 to 6, and then also read some from Galatians 5. But you would see that Paul speaks to the church at Galatia, and he is coming in, and he doesn't start off in his normal, natural way to be friendly and to greet them and to say, well done for this and that and this. You'll see that he starts off and he said, I'm apostle, sent not from men, but by God. And so you knew that he was claiming his apostolicity, the authority that he had in God to come to the church. And what you've got to remember that the Galatian church was one of the churches that he started and that he raised up and that he taught them and discipled them in the ways of God. And so he comes in because he's been traveling, he's been working into other churches. Now he's heard some rumors about the church at Galatians. And he says to them, you know, what is happening? You started to run a good race, but someone cut in on your race. And you see that scripture. He says, someone cut in on your race. And, and what's happening? He says, you are following False teachers and false teachings. He says, someone has cut in on your race. They, they're trying to force you out of the race. And he is saying to them, come on, guys. You know, don't listen to them, but listen to the things that I taught you. They're from God. And they will help you to run the race. And it will help you even if you stumble and fall. What I've taught you will help you to get up and to move forward again. I don't know about you, but I need that type of a teaching. Would you agree? Especially during the times that we live in, because the race that we are running, the devil is very clever, and he knows how to trip us up 
in many, many different ways. Through teachings that are not biblical or through people that has it out for us and they'll kind of trip us while we go around the track and the inside lane. We're looking good and someone would say something and they'll trip us up. And the words of people are pretty powerful. And those words oftentimes can trip us up and cause us to step out of the race. It was a very familiar situation in 1994. And um, I think it was in Los Angeles where a South African young girl was racing against an American girl, Sola Bud, against Mary Decker Sweeney after she married. And they were hailed as the two wonder women of the long distance running. And you who are my age will remember it. So no one is shaking their heads, I see. But those of you who are of my age who remembers it, Ken isn't shaking his head. But um, I see that Craig is, you know. And, and over that period of time, you know, there was this race that took place. And of course, Zola Bud affectionately ran without spikes. She ran barefoot. And her and Mary Decker. Mary Decker was the American darling of world running. And um, there was a collision between the two of them. Mary Decker fell, hurt herself, couldn't complete the race. Sola Bud was inwardly um, so disappointed about what was happening. She came seventh in the race. She finished the race. But the scars for both of, both of them went on for generations after generations. I listened to an interview a few years ago where Mary Decker, I think it was Sweeney, um, spoke about it. And you could still hear within the quiver of their voices how big that event was. And oftentimes within our lives, that is what is happening. And Paul is saying to the church at Galatia, he says, guys, you were running so well, what's happening? Who's cut in on your race? And there were a number of reasons here that's not directly applicable maybe to you and I, but the application is so true because what was happening here was that false teachers had come into the church and they were telling the church that for you to follow Christ, it's all right to believe in him, but what you actually have to do is to be circumcised again. And they were speaking to the men. Paul heard of it, and so some of the believers were being circumcised again. Paul is writing to them, and he's speaking to them, and he says, you cannot mix law and grace together. You're under grace. Jesus did it all for you. You don't need to do it. So he writes the book of Galatians, and he says, don't listen to these guys, these false teachers with their false message, because he says, they are tripping you up. And you'll find out here, he speaks very sternly to the church. And listen to what he says within the context of this. He says in Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 to 6, he says to them, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you have heard? That is what faith is. Faith is believing what you have heard. 
Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit? Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain? If it really was in vain. So again I ask, does God give you the Spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by believing what you've heard? So also Abraham believed God and it was credit to him as righteousness. And then he goes on a little bit further in Galatians chapter 5 verse 7. He says, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. Little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I'm confident in the Lord that you would take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty, brothers and sisters. If I'm still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. How many of you know that Paul was a little bit upset? And I think it is okay to become a little bit upset when these things are happening. Because Paul was serious to help these people to finish and to complete the race. And what I'm finding over the last six months of the covert period, that there are some people who are opting out of the race for many different reasons. Now, when you're in a race, there are a number of tracks that you run in. Now, I must admit, I, I kind of like the middle lane. Because the inside lane, if you're going around a bend, they would kind of squeeze you. But, you know, the first so many meters you would normally run in your own track. So I like the middle lane because in the middle lane, it was quite sober. In the inside lane, it looked like you were way behind and you could get discouraged. The outside lane, it looked like you were way ahead until you come around that bend. And suddenly everybody else caught up with you and you could also get discouraged. So I like the middle lane. Because it gave me a good, I could see both, I could see what was going on, and I could head straight down where I wanted to go to. But I had to choose my lanes carefully, and over this period of time that we are in, the world is upside down. What I've learned and seen is that people are acting out of character. People who follow the Lord Jesus, and then I hear that People are just acting out of character. We were together with about 40 other pastors over Zoom yesterday uh, from the UK and from America, and we were talking to the broke up in groups, and they have the same experience as we have. And we see that people are acting out of character because they are choosing certain lanes, but oftentimes they're choosing poor lanes to be in not able to see correctly, they're not able to survey what's going on, and they're starting to trip up. And God this morning wants to encourage us to get in the right lane 
and to finish the race. The sad thing is that there are some who are already opting out of the race. What does it mean when we opt out of the race? It is when we feel we can do it just by ourselves. It's not what church is all about. Church is about people together serving. There are some people who can't be a part of the church like we're doing now because they are high-risk cases, and I so fully understand that. And we support them, and we're 100% with them. They've chosen the right lane, the right track. Got no problem with that. But what I'm finding is that Christians are opting out of the race, or they are stepping into tracks, lanes, where they are being blindsided. And that's very scary. And I'm concerned about that. And I think that even as Paul was speaking to the Galatian church, I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to talk to us and the Holy Spirit wants to carefully help us to understand that one of the errors that is suddenly overcoming the church is that we can actually run this race by ourselves. People won't say it, but you know what? I don't listen to what people say anymore. I just watch the actions. And that tells you the story. Now, I guess I'm preaching to the converted here today. But I think all of us are susceptible in choosing the lane that is most comfortable for us. And my friends, oftentimes the most comfortable lane is not the right lane, as you find out in your own race. Now, Paul would have given these Christians here several reasons why They're opting out of the race. He says, who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth or running the race? Oftentimes it is. um, Oftentimes it is just purely because of immaturity within our lives. When we are just immature. And when I say people are acting Out of character, I'm seeing mature believers acting in immature ways. And so oftentimes because of immaturity, we can opt out. Secondly, I think because of unbelief. And oftentimes it is as a result of getting tripped up by someone or by a certain event. That unbelief creeps up within our hearts and it results in a fear. that pushes us into a lane where the consequences are not great. Jesus has come to give us a sound mind, to give us love, to overcome fear, Paul says to Timothy. I think sometimes we're just in a poor lane or we step out of the race because of bad theology or error. My friends, The body of Christ needs to be together. We need to serve together. You know, we've all rejoiced whenever we hear the illustration of the coals in a fire. Remember that one? And we all just said, you know, we've got to gather together because if we don't, you know, and one of those hot coals roll to the side away from the fire, what becomes, what happens? That coal goes It, 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 uh, it, it's no longer hot, it, 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 it gets cold. 
Now that was the analogy we've used for many, many years. Why is it different today? It's no different, particularly in the times that we live in, that coal rolls out from amongst the body of Christ, and it becomes cold. Make sure, folks, that whatever reasons we have for being in the wrong track or opting out of the race that we actually deal with. My friends, sometimes it is just bad company that you're keeping, where you sit with people who are negative instead of positive. I think that's one of the biggest enemies where we start to opt out of the race or we choose the wrong lane. The company that you keep needs to draw you closer to Jesus, not further away from Jesus. If you are closer to the Lord Jesus, you will have a passion for his church, no doubt. If your passion for the church is growing cold, sometimes it could be because of bad company. And then, you know, fifthly, I think there are just sometimes we've got bad excuses. You know, we, we've got these excuses why we cannot do what we need to do. And we know that um, Jesus addresses excuses in the gospel of Luke chapter 9, verses 57 to 62. And it says, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. So we see that Jesus deals directly with excuses. We've got to be very careful of our excuses. And again, I emphasize there are some people who truly need to be at home because of medical reasons. Support them 100%. I'm right behind them. We'll come if you ask us to do communion at your home. For one couple who couldn't come, I phoned them up. I said, can I come and share communion with you? And they said, yes, and I shared communion with them. I've got a real heart for the whole body of Christ, but there is a danger. Church, for that passion within our hearts to go out because we're not following God's ways. It's not man's ways. It is God's ways. Hebrews, Paul speaks to the church there and he says, you know, encourage one another not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together. My friends, there's an expression when we're together that you cannot have, even just by your family. It needs to be with the body of Christ. Let me ask you a question. Did you enjoy and celebrate breaking of bread this morning? Just honestly. Was it special? It's not just special because we haven't been together. It's because there is a God dynamic when we do these things together. The question is, how do we get back on course? When you read through the book of Galatians, and I'm just going to mention them, but Galatians chapter 1, sorry, Galatians chapter 3, Verses 1 and 13 just basically says this, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? 
Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. In verse 31, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. A crossless Christianity equates to a Christless Christianity. How do we get back on track? We need to discover the gospel again. I believe that when we buy into a consumer gospel, where comfort is our way, that's when we've actually moved away from the gospel. The gospel of Christ speaks about dying to self and living again to the ways of God. Oftentimes, when I feel that I'm choosing a track that isn't a track that God has instituted for my life, when I follow my own way instead of God's way, that the only way for me to get back is to go back to the cross. Go back to the cross. That is where, my friends, where we've lost our identity and we start wondering, we'll get it back right there. Find your identity at the cross because at the cross is the place. When we step back, we find out what Christ actually had done for us. He was saying to the church at Galatia, he says, you don't have to do certain things to satisfy the flesh. He said, get back to the ways of God. Believe what you've heard. And that is faith. Remember, just a few weeks ago, I was in a position where I heard some news and you know, when you hear some news about something that kind of numbs your spirit, you know, at school we used to play games where we used to, as, as boys, we would hit someone's arm on a muscle and we used to call it a lane that you give them and it just goes dead. There was a certain event that happened that, that lamed my spirit. And I, I was just numb. And I just felt like so disappointed and overwhelmed. And, and I felt like that race when I was around. I felt like just getting on my knees and walking out of the race. Didn't want to run the, the race anymore. You know, and, and for a number of days, I was just numb and numb and numb. And I realized that if I didn't find my way back to the cross, that I would invent my own cross <laughs> to follow, and not the cross of Christ. You know, and, and it took me maybe a week and a half, but that next morning when my spirit was so numbed, I just went to the Word of God and I started reading and just read and read, and, and Jesus just said to me, you know, uh, 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 Jesus said to the disciples, he says, my father has given me all authority. You know, and I just went back, and God spoke to me, and I thought, God, 
if Jesus has all authority, and if I believe in Jesus, then certainly he can do what I can't do about that situation. I went back to the cross. I found Jesus. And the numbness within my spirit started just to become alive again. But, but you know, the life in my eyes, in my face, in my spirit, it just disappeared. My friends, doesn't matter where you are, what's happened within your life. First and foremost, and we're just going to end with this point. First and foremost, you need to make your way back to the cross. Because Jesus at the cross will ask you to make certain decisions that will be good for your race. If you don't go back there, the devil will put options out for you that's convenient for you and that will not lead to where you need to go to. Church, let's not opt out of the race for yourself, but when you opt out of the race, the people that God has given to you to serve and to help will be affected as well. I knew that if I couldn't get back in the race after that disappointment, and we would say, oh, God will always raise anybody. You know, God will always raise other people up. But my friends, when we don't run the race, it will always affect people around us. Would you agree? Got to get back in the race by going to the cross. Only at the cross does certain things start to make sense again. In a senseless world, that's upside down. Let's visit the cross again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand, please?